Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's 135 in Edmonton. It is the best pizza in the city. Still making a great Royal Pizza, multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. Royal Pizza has been Edmonton, owned and operated for 48 years. Royal Pizza, pizza, past, and so much more. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca. All right, we are pleased to be joined uh, on the line by the draft guru. Uh, we see him every year at the uh, NHL uh, Draft Combine in Buffalo, and uh, we'll be seeing him this year in Dallas as well. Uh, Ryan Kennedy is going to join us from the Hockey News as they've got the draft preview that has just come out. Ryan, how you doing? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, this year's draft preview uh, is uh, is a little bit different. Uh, and, and part of it obviously has to do with the the uh, Humboldt uh, tragedy, which has got a, uh, I, I guess, a, 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 certainly a connection to Brian Costello, your senior editor, who we've had on the show before. Yeah, Brian was actually uh, on the bus in Swift Current all those years ago when the Broncos had their uh, tragic bus accident. So it's, you know, when Humboldt happened, it was obviously something that we were very aware of. And for Brian, it was very personal because uh, he had kept in touch with other survivors over the years and and other people uh, that that had loved ones in, in that Swift Current crash. So... Uh, we had Ken Campbell, our senior writer, go to Humboldt for a couple of days and uh, talk to everybody involved. And we thought it was important uh, just for the hockey world in general um, to, to have a big section on Humboldt to, to remember everybody that was involved in that tragedy and, and really try to tell some stories about the perseverance and uh, the community that they have out there. Uh, I know that uh, Brian mentions uh, in his uh, first word uh, an ode to the Broncos. He mentions Ian Herbers, who uh, has been on this show, of course, former Oilers assistant coach back at the University of Alberta. And uh, I had a seven-up just before I took off for a week uh, about 10 days ago with Ian Herbers and Chris Joseph. Uh, Chris and his wife lost uh, Jackson Joseph in that uh, uh, tragic accident. 
bus accidents. So uh, it's it kind of, it certainly has hit home here in Alberta as well. I go, that goes without saying. Uh, all right, and it's something that's it's going to be an ongoing uh, story for for people to uh, uh, to to continue to monitor. And you guys, I've I've read through a lot of the stuff that you guys did with this year's draft preview, and uh, I will tell you, uh, it's. Handled very well uh, in terms of uh, in relation to the, the stories that are uh, that you guys hit on coming out of uh, Humboldt as well. The annual draft. This is this is your this is your mail, you man. This is what you do. You're the hockey news's guy. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, or if that puts pressure on you. But from your perspective, uh, from the various different people that you talk to, and, and how would you assess this year's draft in terms of depth wise? Well, is you know is there is there a top uh, four is there a top ten? Maybe give me your perspective on that. Yeah, I would say in general, it's not seen as an incredibly deep draft. Although I, I feel like you kind of hear that every year because you're you're always going to get those hidden gems. But it's it's not one that's seen as incredibly deep. But it, it has a great top end, and I think what's unique is that there is a lot of great mobile defense prospect. I think they could probably dominate the top 10, depending on how things shake out. But it's, it's interesting because, you know, Rasmus Dahlin, he's in a tier all by himself. Uh, he's the number one prospect. I mean, Buffalo would be foolish not to take him. And then for me, after that, there's another tier of three forwards, Andre Svechnikov, Philip Zadina, Brady Kachuk. I think Svechnikov, is a little bit ahead of the other two, but then it's a coin toss. And then all three of them offer great skills. And then from there, you have another tier of, say, five to nine or ten, where you get a couple of more of those great defensemen, Adam Boakvist, Quinn Hughes, Evan Bouchard. And uh, I would put Ty Smith at sort of the, the back end of that category, too. I think he's got a lot of great upside. So those are from there, you get sort of another tier that's, that's bigger, uh, but what's really interesting to me is that there's there's not a lot of top-end talent at center this year. And right. we've seen that usually in the past. Your McDavid, your Austin Matthews, your Jack Eichel, uh, you don't really have that this year, which is kind of unique. Yeah, well, I mean, go think back to 2012, right? Uh, we didn't have a lot of center depth in that uh, draft year. I can remember how elated everybody was when Edmonton won the lottery. Uh, you know, Scott Housen's working again for the Oilers organization. We used to have Scott Housen on our show, Ryan, more than we had Steve Tamalini when uh, Scott was the GM in Columbus, and he was never taking Yakupov. Uh, right. Right, like he was not going to take him. But there was more of a consensus that year for Yakupov and at that time, we used to have Craig Button doing our show before uh, TSN purchased the other station. Uh, but, uh, you know, there was more of a consensus for Yakupov than there was in 2010 when we had Taylor and Tyler, or in 2011 when we had Nugent Hopkins, you know, uh, uh, Gabriel Landeskog and Adam Larson even uh, was meriting some consideration. So it's kind of funny this year. You got Darlene, he's the guy. Let's, let's do this. This is an Edmonton-centric show, Ryan, and the Oilers are drafting 10th. Let's mm-hmm. take four players out right now, because there's no way that Darlene, uh, Svechnikov, Kachuk, and Zadina, though I think uh, Kachuk might be falling a little, uh, but I, 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 I don't think there's a chance that uh, any of those four players are going to be there at 10. Who do you think's the first defenseman that goes in that third cluster? If you got Darlene by himself, the three forwards in the second cluster, between Boquist, Hughes, Bouchard, and Noah Dobson, who has been a stud at the Memorial Cup for Rackety Bathurst. Mm, he really has, and I love what Noah Dobson's doing. Um, 
I would still say you're probably looking at Adam Boquist going first. Uh, I think maybe Arizona grabs him. Uh, I, I, I just think the upside is uh, probably the highest with him. I mean, Quinn Hughes is a close second. I just think Boquist is a bit better of a defender already, and you still get the offensive capabilities. So I would say Boquist, but again, with Kachuk and Zadina, um, you know, it, it's so tight. Like, if somebody took Evan Bouchard before the other two, I wouldn't be surprised because he gives you a bit of a different look where you get more size. Uh, he's an amazing playmaker. Uh, he's better defensively than the other two. So it, it's really kind of a fun bracket right now. And then with Dobson, when I talked to scouts about him this year, they were saying he has only scratched the surface. Like, this kid is on a high ascent, and he's got great size and mobility. So... Again, I, I don't think you can go wrong, but right now I would say Boquist, but it's it's a, it's going to be a really fun top ten. I talked to a player that was over at the World Hockey Championship. He thinks Quinn Hughes can play in the NHL next year. Do you disagree with that? Uh, I do not disagree. I think if you put him with uh, a veteran defensive defenseman and you're willing to pick, you know, put up with some mistakes, I think Quinn Hughes could be very dynamic. I, I think. The best parallel would be Charlie McAvoy with the Boston Bruins. I think Quinn Hughes, he's not as physical as McAvoy. He's not as developed. Right. But the speed uh, is just incredible. And the way he hangs onto the puck is amazing uh, for somebody his age. So I-, I could see it happening. Probably best if he does one more year at Michigan, but he, he has the capability. So Boquist, roughly six feet, right shot. Hughes, a little bit smaller, left shot. Bouchard, 6'2", right shot, doesn't have the greatest feet. Dobson, uh, 6'3", hasn't even come close to filling out. You mentioned one other guy, Ty Smith, which is the highest-ranked player in the Western League. Next year, uh, Western League draft will be uh, you know, a, a good year. They've got uh, Kirby Dock as examples playing for the Priestner family in Saskatoon. He's going to be probably a top-five pick. But Ty Smith... Um, you you have him in the top ten. He he didn't have. I think it's fair to say he didn't necessarily have the most impactful U eighteen tournament. He was their captain for Canada, but uh, struggled a bit to create. And they seem to be more focused on giving Ryan Merkley opportunities on the power play than Ty Smith. Just a thought on what you like out of Ty Smith. Well, I, I like the mobility. I like his ability to to put points on the board and. Yeah, you know, I mean, U18s in general were a mess for Canada. Uh, obviously, they didn't do very well in the end, and it, it really didn't seem like they, they came together. But I, I think, you know, in Ty Smith, you're getting, uh, you're getting a smart player, and you're getting a guy who, even though he's not that big, he can defend. And I thought he was great for Spokane this year, um, you know, with Kyler Yamamoto being in the NHL at the beginning and, and obviously guys missing time for the World Juniors. I thought Ty Smith was, was very good for them throughout the campaign, and that was reflected in the amount of points he was good at, that he put up. I mean, 73 points from a defenseman in his draft season, that, that's pretty hot. Um, so I, I think with Ty Smith, he's one of those modern-age defensemen where – you know, he lets the skating do the talking. It doesn't matter if uh, if he's only 5'11", 176. Yeah, well, Jerry Johansson will be happy with that. That's his agent uh, based here in Edmonton. Uh, when I saw Ty play, I, I'm going to give you two names. Tell me that uh, Smith has better offensive upside than either of these two players at the NHL level because he reminded me of both guys. And... Uh, that's Thomas Hickey and Chris Russell, both undersized left-shot guys that were pretty good offensively in the Western Hockey League, and it did not translate to the NHL level. Do you think Smith's got a higher ceiling? 
I do, and I think part of it is the the era he's growing up in versus those two guys. I mean, I know those guys aren't old by any stretch of the imagination, but I think teams know how to deploy these guys better. And for Ty Smith, because of the responsibility and the minutes he's getting with the Chiefs right now, you know, he has to play a more well-rounded game. He can't just be that rover, and I think that's a very positive thing for him. And, you know, as a kid who came in with high expectations, being, you know, a a top Bantam draft pick uh, for the Chiefs, I think he's handled it very well. And, again, I mean, he's still got time. We're talking about a kid who hasn't even been drafted yet. And I think, you know, as he continues his dub career, we're going to see more growth. You know, he'll get stronger. And, you know, he'll take on even more of a leadership role with that team. And and those are all great things. Ryan Kennedy joining us from the Hockey News. Bob Stauffer with you on Oilers. Now, Ryan, uh, I'm going to ask you about a couple guys that played in the final of the U18 tournament. Uh, Jesperi uh, Kakanami is ranked as high as fourth by some guides out there. Uh, you guys have got him at 18, and he had a pretty impactful uh, U18 tournament. Uh, and then there's Oliver Wallstrom, who we've seen lately that American players uh, on the wing they can score, and he can certainly do that. Tell me about those uh, uh, those two prospects from your perspective. Yeah, Kakanami, he's very interesting because. Uh, you know, as I said before, there's not a lot of top-end centers in this draft, and, and he does play down the middle, uh, so it's possible he goes higher uh, than when we ranked him, but, I mean, the knock on him right now is his skating. It has improved since the beginning of the year, uh, but it was bad at the beginning of the year. When I was talking to scouts uh, over in Europe, they were talking about his Ivan Halenka tournament and saying it was just terrible, but he has improved quite a bit, and he had a very nice year in Finland with Asat Pori. He put up a, a good amount of points. He's got good size. Uh, for him, uh, I just kind of feel that, you know, if we look at Gabe Velarde last year, a player that was ranked very highly uh, from the Windsor Spitfires, he fell in the draft because the skating was kind of messy. If Velarde is going to fall that far, then then what happens to Kotkaniemi? And I think that's a big X factor for me is does he go earlier because he's a center with potential or does he fall because teams get a little scared about the skating? So I think he's kind of a fun wild card for the first round. As for Wallstrom, uh, this is a kid that is is very hockey smart and he has an NHL caliber shot already. Uh, kind of an interesting kid because uh, you know, his dad played hockey, he's, uh, you know, sort of American and Swedish, and uh, he's been in the spotlight for years because he uh, he went viral when he was a kid for a, a shootout move he did at a Boston Bruins game uh, when he was a little tyke. Um, but he's already committed to several different universities and, and changed his mind, and right now um, it, it's down to Boston College in Michigan. It had been Harvard, it had been Maine before that, so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Could even be in the Quebec League, for all we know, because his rights are there for Major Junior. But, yeah, he can put the puck in the net, and he shoots a lot. He's a volume shooter. Uh, I think he's the best forward outside of that first tier of guys we talked about earlier, and uh, a lot of great potential there. And I think the most important thing is that he's learned to use his line mates more than he used to, and that's a great growth point. He, he shoots a lot, but... Uh, he's not as selfish as he used to be. All right, I'm going to ask you about two more forwards that the Hockey News has ranked 11th and 12th. And uh, we're joined right now by Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News. Their draft preview is out. It's a must-buy for, uh, well, you don't even have to be a hardcore fan. It's for hockey fans, period. Joe Valeno 
and Barrett Heighton, I'm going to ask you two different questions. With Valeno, your thoughts on his hockey sense, and with Heighton, uh, Barrett Heighton, with Sault Ste. Marie, uh, who I was surprised did not win the uh, OHL championship, uh, is he more than a third-line center? So those are the two questions for those two players. Yeah, well, starting with Valeno, I, I think that he, he has the skill package necessary. Uh, I think that this is a very telling year for him because you know, he put a lot of pressure on himself, first at the Ivan Halinka and then with the St. John Sea Dogs, and uh, he was traded to Drummondville and really took off uh, under Coach Dominique Ducharme. I think that the, the pressure came off him a bit. I, I think he puts a, a load on himself, and, and that was holding him back. Uh, he needs to shoot more. He's a great playmaker, and, uh, you know, he, he's got some decent size there. But uh, he's got to shoot more because you don't want to be too predictable in that regard. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he works very hard. I think he's got a lot of great aspects. As for Barrett Hayden, um, I, I definitely think he's more than a third liner. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned, that Sault Ste. Marie team, they were the best in all of Major Junior. And part of it was because they had so much skill, particularly up front. I mean, you're talking Morgan Frost. You're talking, you know, Taylor Radish, who was brought in from Erie. Um, Kachuk. You know, Boris Kachuk. Yep. I mean, you just go down the line, Tim Gettinger. Like, they had a lot of already drafted forwards that were lighting it up. But with Barrett Hayden, and, you know, having seen him live, uh, even in the, uh, in the OHL final against Hamilton, I mean, he's got some sweet hands. Like, he's got moves. Uh, he can be that two-way guy for you. But I would suspect that, you know, he was almost a point-per-game player this year. I think that's going to really increase next year when a lot of those guys are off to the pro ranks and all of a sudden the Greyhounds need Barrett Hayden to be more of a number one, number two center. So I think it's a matter of opportunity for him, and it's almost like a London Knights situation where you kind of have to wait for the, the big guns to graduate before you get your shot. Uh, so that's, that's where I see I, I'm a big Hayden fan. I remember him from minor midget. Uh, in Ontario, and uh, he was great then, and I, I think he'll be great in the future, too. Ryan, we appreciate your time again. It's the uh, Hockey News' edition of uh, the Draft Preview. They've got a special report on the Humboldt Broncos. Uh, it's available at uh, all of the bookstores, all of the convenience stores. Terrific stuff. We'll see you in Buffalo, okay, Ryan? Sounds great. Thanks for having me. You bet. That is Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News. 152 in Edmonton. Portions of our show brought to you by World Floor Coverings. Tell them Oilers now since you received two times the air miles, reward miles on your flooring purchases at World Floor Coverings. World Floor Coverings, where they know a lot about hockey and a lot about flooring. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, Pro-Am Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a Pro-Am Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. This is the standard for Connor McDavid. He gets 17 points at the World Hockey Championship and has not voted one of the top three forwards. So finishes top three in scoring. Raquel, now Sweden won. Hey, they won in a shootout against Switzerland. 
Canada actually was more dominant in their performance against Switzerland. Give the Swiss credit. They beat uh, the Finns 3-2. They beat Canada 3-2. And uh, that was big uh, for them. And I'd be very intrigued to see what ha- would happen best on best. But uh, McDavid did not get a, one of the three top forwards for the tournament. For Team Canada, McDavid and Ryan Nugent-Hopkins were selected two of their top three players. Colton Pareko was uh, chosen third. Uh, you can text us at 636 or was the third player. And speaking of Colt Pareko, Kevin at Finning says, Bob, is there any way we could use the number 10 to get Pareko out of St. Louis? Their right side is jammed up uh, and the team could use a bit of a shake-up. Pareko and McDavid look great together at the World Championships. Your thoughts um, from Kevin at Finning. I think the Oilers would have to give up uh, a pretty significant player with the number 10 to get Pareko. Pareko's a pretty unique talent. It's my own personal impression. Let's go to this day in Oilers history. Brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Looking uh, at going on a river cruise in Europe for 2018, New West Travel's got some great rates on these fabulous cruises. May 22nd, 1988. I was in Steen River. Asa Tikkanen had a hat-trick. The Oilers beat the Boston Bruins 6-3 to go up three games nothing in the Stanley Cup final. You ever been to the Steen River, Brendan? No. It's right up near the Northwest Territories, Alberta border. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever be there, Bob. Uh, probably the not. Truth. <laughs> How old do you know? 27. All right, yeah. It's 22 at the time. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Again, they got great travel deals for weddings, honeymoons, golf packages, and employee corporate reward trips. Call the friendly staff at New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or online at newwesttravel.com. Tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkinson. The Eskimo training camp's going, so I'm sure they're going to have uh, some news on that front with uh, Morley Scott and Dave Campbell. What else has Reed got going? All right, well, Reed's got... Uh, I texted Dave. He must be a busy it's, it's doing a, Eskimo it's, stuff, it's a so fluid, It's a fluid show. That's where you say it's a fluid yeah, show. Yeah, well, the Dream Team's back. Reed and Dave are both back, so uh, it should be a great show. All for right, me. that's what you call the Dream Team. Okay, I, just like the 92 U.S. <laughs> yeah. uh, basketball team. Uh, uh, by the way, Cavs, 2-2. What a surprise. Uh, tomorrow, who are we going to have? Did you see the ESPN uh, Top 100 list again, Bob? They're yeah, world not, famous. No yeah. hockey players again on the list. Well, just, where, where was Ronaldo? And, he's uh, number one. And uh, what's Messi, two? Uh, Messi, I believe, is three. LeBron James is number two. Oh, okay. Interesting. World Cup. By the way, i got a surprise coming up for you during the World Cup. Oh, yeah? Just before the World Cup, we're going to have a pretty unique guest on the show. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, up next, a news weather traffic update with uh, Eileen Belt. Craig Simpson will join us from NHL Hockey and Rogers tomorrow. Uh, after Eileen's uh, global news weather traffic update, we'll have the 6.30 chat afternoon news with Jayla Nye and Andrew Gross. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now.